0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hey everyone, another month, another episode of Pixels. I'm Patrick Beja and we're going to go over everything that has happened uh, in the month of November which honestly I say everything but it's mostly the launch of the new consoles right we're now in the next generation I have a a slight uh, itch in my throat but I'm trying not to worry (laughs) Um, but yeah it, it is it has been a crazy crazy few weeks obviously I'm gonna go over um, the PlayStation 5, the Xbox Series X and S, uh, the many, many, many games that have been released in the past few weeks. But uh, that's not everything we're going to cover. Uh, I do want to talk about the supply and demand issues of the next generation consoles, or as I was saying, the current generation consoles now, and uh, also things that are happening in the world of streaming with uh, Stadia and Xbox uh, cloud <laughs> x cloud uh, and uh, geforce now coming to ios and a bunch of other things and uh the differences between different versions of the playstation 5 and the some of them that make some noise and some of them that don't and so a lot of things to cover and i think we can't start without uh you know with anything other than the console launches themselves The Xbox Series X and S were launched on the 12th, on the 10th uh, of November, and the PlayStation 5 was launched on the 12th, and uh, that was in the US and Japan, actually, but uh, in Europe and the rest of the world, it was on the 19th. And it was crazy. Crazy. I'm sure you've had the experience in the U.S. as well, if you tried to get either of the consoles, but especially the PlayStation 5, um, in France, we've had every website crash. All of the giant, uh, you know, e-commerce websites, even Amazon had issues. It didn't crash, of course, but the page for the PlayStation 5 was not loading. And I don't think I've ever heard of Amazon AWS having issues with a website, <laughs> uh, or at least it's quite rare. So demand is definitely huge. Uh, I, my understanding is it was the same in every country around the world. It certainly was the same in Finland, where it was almost impossible to get a console for a number of reasons, and uh, in the U.S. as well. And even, I mean, I think it was a little bit less the case for the Xbox, but it is out of stock as well, everywhere, Um and that is not due to a constraint, a, a, a abnormal constraint in supply. I think there's some speculation by some people that they didn't make enough. Um, it's pretty clear that at least on the Sony side, they made as much as they could, as many as they could. And that was a lot. Um, the last reports we got was 11 million by the end of March. Uh, so there are still units coming uh, before the end of the year and at the beginning of next year, of course. But when you plan for that number, I'm guessing they didn't just make like 100,000 for the launch, right? Um, And the numbers seem to indicate that this is the biggest launch for a PlayStation, at least, because we don't get any numbers on the uh, Xbox side. But they are also claiming it's the biggest launch for the Xbox ever. So this is not something that they they you know downsized the demand for or the supply for and so demand is constrained by that they made a lot of consoles as many as they could and of course covid is increasing the demand that's for sure and there are also issues with scalpers and bots that are taking the sites down um what happened in france specifically was that the week before the launch of the playstation 5 they um closed down stores because of you know covid restrictions so everyone was on the websites and everyone was pressing f5 frantically trying to get their console Um, So that was certainly a contributing factor. In normal times, people would have gone queuing to uh, the different stores it would have been spread out but now it was everyone on you know a few websites and the websites spread out the um, resupply times because of course the people who had pre-ordered the consoles could go and pick them up but the people who didn't who were planning on buy uh, on going to the store to buy one on launch day they went to the websites and the stocks that were allocated to launch day were switched to uh, the online stores, and so everyone was, you know, uh, uh, on the websites, as I said. And each big retail chain said, "So we'll release our batch at 9 a.m. We'll release our batch at 11 a.m." And it was spread out like that by a couple of hours. So every couple of hours, the entirety of France was pressing F5 on one site, and none of them um, survived. None of them managed to stay up. So. Yeah, it was crazy. I didn't expect it to go that uh, big. And, uh, well, I guess it is, uh, you know, maybe a little bit unsurprising that there's a lot of demand, but uh, the... I I fully expected that there would be a lot of demand, but I thought there would be stocks on launch day that would stay past launch day. Because, of course, there were stocks on launch day, but uh, they were all snapped up and they sometimes go up a little bit uh, here and there and they stay up for a couple of seconds. And yeah, again, it can be bots, it can be scalpers, but there's no denying that there's a lot of demand. So, yeah, that's the state of things now, um oh, of course, I didn't tell you, but I did manage to get both an xbox one uh one an Xbox series x and a playstation five uh the latter being thanks to my guardian angels uh around the world, well, in America, and I love them very very, very much um but uh, yeah, so I have both, and I have a lot of thoughts. I will say there is there are a couple of things that were um you know, uh, uh, that came out after the launch. There were a couple of issues, hardware issues here and there. Nothing seems really widespread. Uh, But with the internet, of course, if 10 people have a problem, you hear about it everywhere. It doesn't seem like it's widespread. Um, The one thing that did happen was that um, we discovered that the PlayStation 5 uh, has two different kinds of fans some some models come with one fan another model some others come with another fan it's impossible to identify which is which but one of them does a little bit more noise than the other not massive um it's fairly silent but it is audible in one uh, model and not audible or a lot less audible uh, in another model. Uh, Still not a problem. As I said, it's not like it's anything close to the PlayStation 4 jet engine or the PlayStation 4 pro double jet engine. It's completely acceptable, but yeah, that is, has been confirmed. Um, the, there, there's also been, um, ramblings about a possible game pass competitor to, well, competitor to the Game Pass on the Sony side. Um, the, the president of PlayStation, Jim Ryan, has said that they're working on something. They're, they won't announce anything now, but this is really exciting. This is really exciting because the um, power of the Xbox currently is definitely Game Pass and it is an incredible uh, service that has so much value. And uh, Sony... Doing that as well would, uh, so we have, just to, to summarize, Sony's strength is its exclusives. And that has been shown uh, at launch as well, even though there aren't many exclusives, uh, you know, well, none of the Xbox and very few on the PlayStation, there are still some and they're really cool. Uh, so the exclusives are Sony's strength. The Game Pass this generation is Microsoft's strength, and it is a force to be reckoned with. Like the value you get for your 10 bucks a month on Xbox or, you know, just get the ultimate version and it's even more value, the, the value is incredible. And... Microsoft has been buying studios left and right as we've been discussing uh, on the show and that means that exclusives are going to be coming to Microsoft as well and really good ones uh, if we you know look at the work that those studios have been doing and that's coming down the line you know in a year or two. The first one is probably going to be Halo Infinite and that's Seems like it will, it might be the end of next year, but it might also be a, a, you know, a fall, uh, not a fall, a spring game. It's possible. We'll see. But once Microsoft has its exclusives as well, I think Sony might be at a little bit of a disadvantage unless they have an answer to Game Pass, um, which, you know, is something that they seem to be working on. That would be really cool. Uh, for gamers, because we would get a lot of value out of a subscription like that, depending on how it works, of course. Um, And the last comparison between the two, I'm going to talk about the games in, in just a minute. But the last comparison point between the two is, of course, the work that mainly Digital Foundry has been doing, analyzing games on both consoles and mainly games that are available on both consoles. And what comes out of it is a little bit surprising because on paper the xbox has a lot more power well not a lot but it has more power under the hood but in the tests it seems that the playstation 5 is edging out most of the time on the xbox series x by just a little bit it's i think it's fair to say that it's mostly identical or uh, very close but the PlayStation 5 is still a little bit ahead. And uh, that has, has, has you know, a few people scratching their heads. We're not sure exactly why, but the indication seems to be that uh, Microsoft has waited for the RDNA 2 architecture for AMD's uh, graphics cards, which you know, the the Xbox and PlayStation are using, Um, they wanted to use the full RDNA 2 architecture, which is more modern and uh, possibly a little bit more capable than the hybrid RDNA 1, RDNA 2 technology that seems to be in the PlayStation 1, um, uh, uh, in the PlayStation 5. And what that means is that the dev kits for the xbox series s and x were not available as quickly as the playstation 5 dev dev kits were for developers to optimize on so it might be that uh, developers have had time to optimize better for the playstation 5 than for the um, xbox series x and that would explain the slight variance in performance it Could be that this uh, is changed as uh, developers figure out exactly how to use the Xbox Series X. It might also be that it could give a a leg up to Microsoft and the Xbox on uh, AMD's competitor to DLSS, DLSS being... NVIDIA's technology that allows ren- rendering to be done in a lower resolution and then upscaling with almost no loss. It, it's incredible as uh, technology. It uses AI, of course, it, as everything does these days, but it makes for immense gains in performance, in frame rate uh, mainly. And uh, that is really exciting technology for the next couple of years uh, when it will arrive and if microsoft's xbox performs better with that technology it could be a really interesting but it seems like it will be available on both consoles so we'll have to wait and see what we do know now is that uh, both consoles are essentially neck and neck um in performance and with a slight edge to the playstation in spite of the you know world most powerful console claims for the xbox and uh that is probably not going to stay the same for the life cycle of the consoles, but we'll see. So yeah, I think that's a a summary of the console launches and what happened and what we know. But of course, consoles are nothing without the games. And uh, there are a lot of really cool games that came out. Of course, you have the third party games like Destiny 2, Assassin's Creed Valhalla um, and others. And you have the first party games, uh, mainly on the PlayStation, as I mentioned. Astro's Playroom, Spider-Man, uh, Miles Morales are the main one. Um, The main ones. I'll, I do want to mention Godfall because I thought it, it could have been a really cool game, but the reviews are abysmal, and so I didn't even bother getting it. Uh, and I do want to mention Demon's Souls as well, which is, according to many people, the only true next generation graphics game um it looks amazing according to everyone who's seen it i have not purchased it because i am i i don't have time first of all i've played a bunch of other games as well and um i don't think i want at this point to give myself over to the um souls games again since it's not my thing so yeah i didn't really Play that. Um, Let's finish with the things I didn't play because I'm telling you, so many games have been coming out. I, for the first time in my life, I haven't had time to play a World of Warcraft expansion on release day. That's uh, Shadowlands. I have not had time to play it at all, and it destroys me. I really want to, but. I have to do this to work and to do a bunch of things and other games to play. So yeah, no Shadowlands for me yet. I hope I can uh, play it a little bit soon, but not at this point. Uh, I also have not uh, played um, Hyrule Warriors uh, Age of Calamity in its entirety. That's a Switch game of course and it's really cool i've played actually the demo it's pretty long demo it's like a couple of hours maybe and it is a really cool game Uh, it's a musou game dynasty warrior style game where it's one person against an army like hundreds and hundreds of enemies literally and you have multiple characters you can play and uh, you switch between them it's really fun. It's really specific to Zelda. It's a great uh, surrogate for your um, desire to play more Breath of the Wild until the uh, second uh, game comes out. It looks really cool. It's been well-reviewed. I want to play it. It's one of the things that I don't have time to play. But it is definitely a cool, uh, a cool version of that type of games. Um, But now, to the games I have played, uh, I've played through the campaign of Destiny 2, I've played a little bit of Assassin's Creed Valhalla, by a little bit I mean maybe 10 hours, I've finished Astro's Playroom, and I've uh, finished uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales. So a lot of stuff to cover, and I'm going to do my best to give you my impressions on on each of those. Mm. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, it's maybe the one that I'm the most lukewarm on. I do not dislike it, but I loved Assassin's Creed Odyssey so much that I maybe my hopes were a little high, but um, it's definitely an Assassin's Creed, like the, the entire formula is there. It's not like you're going to be lost if you start that game. It's not as close to Odyssey as Odyssey was to um, Origins, it, but it's still the same system. So that is something that you should expect, right? It's, it's the same architecture, the same skeleton of a game with a different meat on on the bones. And I have to say that the differences are not insignificant. The storytelling is a lot more focused. Of course, the setting is very different. We're talking about Viking invasions in England. Um, So it starts in Norway with snowy landscapes, which I didn't love, actually. I was surprised, but I didn't think it was uh, an awesome setting, maybe because I'm tired of the snow, even though it hasn't snowed yet in Finland here. Um, But when you get to England, it is so beautiful. Um, It is... Definitely even the next-gen version feels what is old-gen now. So it's amazingly beautiful, but it doesn't look like a, like a graphical leap, which it isn't, of course. It's a cross-generational game, so it it isn't a graphical leap. It's very pretty. It's uh, now with a patch 60 FPS for PS5 and Series X. I believe it's also for Series S, 60 uh, FPS. Um, but it's you know, beautiful for a last-gen game. Um, but the the story is a lot more focused. It doesn't have as much, uh, you know, as many side quests or almost no side quests as uh, you had in the past. The map is streamlined. It's still big. You still have a lot of stuff to do. But I guess it's easier to see the main story and progress through it because um, what it does with uh, side content is really clever. It kind of takes a page from uh, 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 Breath of the Wild and it takes a page from uh, World of Warcraft, actually, with uh, world quests, if you know what that is. So the way it works is that you have the map and you have little points of light on the map. And you have three different kinds and each kind corresponds to a type of... uh, thing to find or activity. Uh, There's wealth, which is going to be like uh, components and material for your crafting or your settlement. There's uh, uh, mysteries, which are little mini quests. And there's, you know, a bunch of, a couple, one other type. And um, those you find as you explore the world but you don't know it doesn't send you there you have to go there to find it and figure out you know the environmental puzzle uh, that is there or do the quest that is given you by an NPC but it's not like it's not littered with dozens and dozens of quest icons that you have to go to uh, to 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 do it that is only the mainline quest that works like that. And I think that is a great evolution of the formula, that they really took uh, interesting things from other games and implemented them well. Um, The combat is very different from Odyssey as well. In Odyssey, you felt like a like a god destroying everything in your path but even beyond that it it was like fun visceral rapid gameplay in this one gameplay is combat is much more slow paced and deliberate each swing takes a while and enemies will you know they've always queued in Assassin's Creed games like they would stand around and wait for the one enemy to be destroyed to uh attack you and be destroyed in turn. Here, since combat is so much it's so much slower, it it feels a lot more like that. And uh one of the new mechanics, the raids, don't feel like raids because you have like maybe 20 enemies. I'm still, you know, early-ish in the games in the game after 10 hours, but you have 20-ish 15, 20 um, part members of your raid party and the enemies kind of stand around and you go through the um, baseline enemies and then there's a bigger enemy that shows up that you fight one-on-one so it doesn't feel like a huge battle even the conquest battles in Odyssey felt more like a chaotic battleground so that's a little bit I guess a little bit of a disappointment um the settlement mechanic the the feature is kind of fun I'm still early in it but uh, you get you know as you can imagine a settlement more buildings more capabilities for your trading and and stuff like that um overall I don't dislike it I just I'm not sure I will get into it as much as I did uh, Odyssey, but I'm sort of it, these are such slow burns and long burns that I'm finishing smaller stuff first, and I'm I will I'm playing it here and there a little bit and leaving myself time to get into it because I think there's something there and I'm eager to discover what it is. Um, Odyssey, I played over like a year and a half. I went back to it for, you know, week long sessions every here and there. And I enjoyed it immensely. So we'll see if that happens with Valhalla. So far, I'm, I have a little bit of a question mark on it, even though there are many, you know, a lot of qualities in it um destiny 2 as many of you know i've been playing destiny since release both one and two almost every expansion um really enjoy the game really enjoy the gunplay as most people who play it uh do it is still a great game this is a great expansion and it's included in game pass you know this is one of the things that is amazing in game pass the expansion itself is included in Game Pass. The season pass is not, but you don't need the season pass to go through the expansion. And the um, the, the introductory experience has been revamped. So I haven't played through it myself, but everyone says it is, uh, you know, a lot. It makes a lot more sense, easier to get into. And you play through the initial levels, and then you uh, go through. You go to the current expansion and play through that so it's a much easier path to getting to um the actual content of the game the expansion um if you're not into destiny uh this won't speak to you much but forsaken i feel was the best expansion it was such a good experience single player ish experience um a couple of years ago this one is probably the second best so i feel it's really good the uh There are some difficulty spikes with like difficulty in the next thing you have to do. You have to go grind a little bit in the world. But I think that's not uh, too bad. You will have to die a few times if you want to do it without grinding. But you can go grind and get more powerful gear to take on the challenges uh, ahead. It's a little bit of a convoluted system, but it does work. And I think the... Uh, gameplay is as fun as ever. It doesn't change much from what it's been. Um, I think it won't convince people who have tried Destiny and have uh, decided it's not for them. But anyone who likes Destiny, who has maybe uh, stopped playing a while back, it's a good way to, to get back in. And if you haven't played Destiny, it's a great way to experience it as well. Again, especially on Game Pass since you know you get it for free so you can find out what the fuss is about. As I mentioned, it is Destiny gameplay, doesn't change much. There is a new subclass, so the subclass gives you your special abilities. And it's based on um, stasis, which is, you know, the darkness that you've been fighting for all this time. And now you kind of have to use it to defeat an enemy, which story-wise, Destiny has never been the best. This one is fine, but that duality between light and dark, I think, is not handled very skillfully um i was hoping throughout the story that there would be some consequences for you embracing the darkness and really it isn't it's like ah oh, you know our enemies use it we we can't defeat them un- unless we do as well so let's all right let's do it excellent go guardians you know it's like and then some people question your use of the dar- of the darkness a little bit but then it's like oh it seems like you've got a handle on it okay fine just be careful And there aren't any consequences. So it's fine. It's a, you know, a gameplay um, vehicle for gameplay first. And I think that's fine for Destiny because it lives by its gameplay. And um, yeah, so... It's fun, new uh, abilities, and the stasis is like essentially ice. Uh, Stasis is ice power, frost powers, and they work. They make you feel badass. I think it's a little bit controversial the way they introduce it in the campaign because uh, you don't gain your subclass until the very end, but you do get a few fights sprinkled throughout where you get to use it essentially on infinite Uh, power and that's really satisfying to me it was really fun so i think it works i understand if it's not uh, everyone's uh, preferred method but regardless by the end of the campaign you have access to it and um, it is absolutely absolutely fun so if you've never played destiny great time to get in Um, if you have and 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 are itching to get back great time to get in destiny 2 Beyond Light is a great expansion. I really liked it. Um, I do want to mention another game that is on Game Pass, and that is uh, that is Tetris Effect Connected. Tetris Effect was on PlayStation 4. The connected version is um, exclusive to the Xbox for now, and it is on Game Pass. Uh, Tetris Effect is, you know, Tetris, but with... An audio-visual experience, like some other games uh, have been before. Luminous is one of them. Um, it's the same developers, but it's uh, uh, the connected aspect that I'm really interested in. Connect, the, the connected mode offers versus and co-op mode. The co-op one is magical really magical. I would hate for you to have access to it and not give it a try. Um, You play with two other people to defeat an AI opponent and it's, you know, standard Tetris. You each have your own board and you're playing individually and you have some, you know, you send um, lines to the AI enemy to try and get it to, you know, reach the top, etc, etc. But at some points, you get into the zone mode where your boards merge. Like the three co-op people merge their board and then you each take turns playing your piece on the large board that has been formed. And that is an incredible feeling. Uh, I've rarely sensed something like that in a game. It's unique and it's amazing. Because you start working on this thing that you had been doing, you know, individually, but you start working on it together. And it's not like other co-op games where you're each one element, one individual in a group. This is like you you become one unit and you're all working, you know, with with one hand coming out of the same body to achieve the same goal. It's weird, but it's like... I, a weird analogy, but I feel like um, you know doing pottery on the same pottery, you know, a uh, 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 clay bit, and there are like three hands working on it at the same time. That's the image that comes to me for some reason. It's crazy to feel and, and experience this, and it's completely unique. So. If you have access to it, I encourage you to uh, give it a try. It's really, really fun. Okay, uh, the other games are I want to talk about are PlayStation exclusive games, PlayStation 5 exclusive games. And uh, they are really cool, really cool Um the first one. Let's let's cover Astro's Playroom, which is available with every PlayStation Five and is the essentially the um, demo for the PlayStation Five controller. Which actually th- this gives me an opportunity to talk about it a little bit more. The con the play PS Five controller is with every console generation. You get that promise of new and exciting features, including on the controller. Uh, Okay, maybe not on the Xbox Series X, because they're (laughs) keeping the same controller, but every previous generation, more or less, you would have like something that was different. And invariably, it was kind of fluff, a little bit disappointing. Um, Rumble is cool, but it doesn't change your interaction with the game world. Um, HD rumble on the Switch is not all that, etc, etc. The... The trackpad on the PS4 was crappy, and uh, all of those things were disappointing. For the first time in a very long time, those promises do pan out, at least technically. Um, The PlayStation 5 has two features that are really exciting, the haptic feedback and the adaptive trigger. Haptic feedback is uh, featured in Astro's Playroom, and it's a thing that makes your controller vibrate in ways that are subtle enough that they simulate uh, other things. The the, the example that I think most of you will be familiar with is the MacBook trackpad. On a MacBook trackpad, you have a slab of glass and it doesn't move. But the subtle haptic feedback when you push the, the trackpad makes you think that it clicks. It doesn't but you would swear that it does move and that it clicks. Now imagine that with a controller. Not clicking, but for example, uh, one of the demos is that there are things in your controller, like little astros, that rumble around in the controller that you can move from one side to the other by moving the controller. Well, the haptic feedback makes you feel like there are actually things in one side of the controller that if you turn it upside down, they will fall down into the other little extremity of the controller. And it kind of feels like it does. It's crazy. Uh, the, the Astro, the little robot in the game, when you're walking on different surfaces, uh, it feels like you're walking on a different surface. I have to say this is paired with the sound coming out of the uh, microphone of the, of the, sorry, of the head, pff, the speaker of the controller. And it contributes to that feeling. But when you're walking on, uh, you know, carpet, the controller feels a little bit like it's muted movement, not by the sound, but the movement itself, the haptic vibration. And when you walk on metal, then it feels a little bit like metal. It's a little bit more, uh, uh, you know, like stronger, crisper feel. Same when you're walking on glass. And that really, you really feel like that. Um, With the adaptive triggers you have the possibility for the controller to uh, resist your pulling the two triggers on each, the the trigger on each side, one on each side. And that is completely configurable. So you can have uh, a little bit of resistance that is constant throughout the travel of the trigger and you can have uh, at some point during that travel distance a much stronger resistance that will give in if you press hard enough so there are so many things that can be simulated here and a few examples I will give are a rocket that you uh, press on the triggers to uh, ignite the boost and that will vibrate the whole controller but also you can you have to keep pressing a little bit more strongly um, to keep it ignited the rocket boost right um you also have like uh, a character that is grabbing some um stones to climb so it's a climbing wall and you're grabbing stones and you have to reach up quote unquote with the controller and then press the the trigger to grab the stone and it feels like you know it clicks it's like click, and i'm 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 grabbing onto the thing and it really works so in Astro's Playroom, all of those things really do work. I do have a caveat. I wasn't convinced by the implementation in Spider-Man. I'll get back to Spider-Man, lots of qualities otherwise, but the implementation of that was not really convincing to me. Um, So it remains to be seen if that really Good implementation of the technical aspects can translate into gameplay in games that are not designed to show you what the gameplay can be. But uh, obviously, things will be um, will will happen in the next few years. Uh, to finish up on Astro's Playroom, it is such a charming game. It's an amazingly charming game. It. Kind of brings your nostalgia for the brand PlayStation and your history with that brand full back on like it it made me smile so much so many times by having this little Astro character robot explore different worlds and do different things and find memorabilia from the history of PlayStation. You know, you you explore things like uh, cooling springs, which are the it's essentially you're inside your PlayStation, um, and you're finding bits of PlayStation One and PlayStation Two, and you know accessories and things like that, and you're going into the uh, CPU jungle and and things like that. Um, it is immensely charming. I really love it. I really uh, like what they've done with this, and I think it is such a great move as a brand um to make you feel a connection with their history it's a masterstroke in that sense um i've heard people say that it is just as good as a nintendo game i wouldn't go that far um doesn't have the magic of Mario, but it's it's up there. I think it can be in the same conversation, and that's a, an incredible feat for a, a console that traditionally has not had that kind of uh, uh, you know ethos. I'm not even talking about the mascot or the character, but just that kind of um, glow uh, for a brand and for a, a hardware. So. Yeah, I really like Astro's Playroom. Comes free with every PlayStation 5. If you manage to get your hands on one, then definitely play it. I'm sure you already have. Um, Spider-Man Miles Morales. It's exclusive to PlayStation. It's available on PlayStation 4, um, as is, by the way, Destiny 2 and Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Um, I I initially played uh, Valhalla on PlayStation 4, It was great. Uh, Loading times, for sure. Um, Less FPS, for sure. Same with Destiny 2. But those games are absolutely playable on your last-gen console if you don't have a next-gen console. So both, you know, all of them. Uh, Tetris Effect Connected is Xbox uh, Series X, I believe, and S, of course, but it is on PlayStation 4. Um, AC Valhalla, Destiny 2, and Spider-Man are available on your last gen. So play them if you uh don't have access to the next gen, you'll enjoy them I'm sure. And Spider-Man is so good. It's a shorter experience than the 2018 Spider-Man. It is uh more of the same, like I wouldn't say it's a, it changes the enjoyment of the game so much, but it is such a good game to begin with and the way they implement uh Miles' powers as Spider-Man is great it is so much fun it makes you feel like an incredible badass it's a joy to play like with no break it's a tight fun experience and I'm not going to go into spoilers but the story is pretty solid as well Um, in it's not of course it's not as long as 2018 spider-man which surprise everyone I think with uh, elements of the story that were really well put together and touching but it does uh, uh you know go in the same direction and it's not just a an excuse to swing in New York City with which is just as satisfying as it was in 2018 and you know you will enjoy that immensely but the story is uh uh is definitely there and matters, and you will remember moments of it as you did for for the 2018 version. Um, and it's, it's great. I don't want to spoil, so I'm not going to talk anymore uh, about it, but obviously the representation uh, that Miles, uh, well, represents is, Im- it, you know, important. Um, and it's in- so interesting to see that it stems from, you know, one guy... Brian Michael Bendis deciding in the 2000s that he wanted a minority Spider-Man in a comic and now he's become such a, a an important character for the entire um comic universe in that sense and it spreads to the movies and uh the the I mean yeah some of the movies hopefully more soon um the the video games and culture in general. And that is, and they do justice to that, I think, in the game. Um, The one nit I have to pick with the game is that this is yet another uh, gigantic corporation taking over New York, kind of, not really, but it's like, okay, okay, we get it. You don't have to make every game and every movie and everything like a giant evil corporation. Maybe it's a sign of the times, but it does become a little bit repetitive when uh, you see it every other day in your uh, pop culture fun. But uh, but yeah, it's like there is no reason not to enjoy the game. Of course, the loading times in Spider-Man are ridiculously short Um I, I do want to mention that loading times in, on PS5 in general are really short. Uh, they're not as short as um, Quick Resume on Xbox, of course, but they're so short that it kind of doesn't matter. Usually it's like 20 to 30 seconds that loading times from like, the console being off almost, like on Astros Playroom, you unlock some challenges that you can beat, um, that you can do like it's it's quick runs, not quick runs, but timed runs, and your friends, of course, compete with you. And when you when one of them beats you, you get a notification on your console. And I got that notification. Actually, a friend told me they beat me. My console was turned off, but turned off when playing Spider-Man. I swear, I turned it on and clicked the notification in the console. And within like 15 seconds from being turned off, I was in game in the specific activity on Astro's Playroom that I wanted to play with the controller in hand, like ready to play in in 15 seconds from console off. Um, That that is pretty incredible. And it changes a lot of things that um, we enjoy with the console like the way i enjoy the console is a little bit different i can turn it on almost instantly within seconds and be in game playing and the activities actually are really taken advantage of in both astros playroom and spider-man the activities are a new feature in the ui um, for playstation where it when you press the playstation button it brings up a bunch of things you can do in the game you're playing or even in, you know, the games you have on your uh, main list. You can see the activities when you go to them. And it could be like a challenge in Spider-Man or a uh, quick run in uh, a timed run in Astro's Playroom. And you click on that activity, you say play, and it brings you to that immediately. If you're in game in Spider-Man, it takes two seconds. Um If you're in game in Astro's Playroom, it similarly takes a couple of seconds and you're just jumping like you, you, it changes the way you approach the game. You turn it on and you're like, okay, what do I want to do? Click and you're in. It's really fun. And I'm very curious to see how people will use them uh, going forward. Very, very curious. All right, that's all the games I played that's a lot of gaming and I have more uh coming up we you know we have cyberpunk uh coming in just a couple of weeks, which saying that gives me the opportunity to talk about the fact that well system requ- requirements were revealed and uh, there are they are just at I'm just at the limit of the minimum system requirements with my five or six year old um PC. I'm getting a new PC soon, so that's exciting and I will be able to play in ray tracing, but it seems I might even be able to play it at the minimum system requirements, so horribly ugly looking and 30 FPS max. But um, yeah, the, the other things that, that I wanted to talk about is the streamer mode that will exist in the game. Of course, that references the Kerfuffle—that's a nice way of putting it—for Twitch, which got, um, which received thousands of DMCA notices from um, music, the music industry, uh, alleging copyright infringement. Which, of course, there was because Twitch has never been worrying about streamers using copyrighted music in their streams. Now, this applies to music period, like the kind of music you listen to on, I was going to say a CD, but Spotify or Apple Music or Google Music, and that's like actual music tracks, which I think is fair to uh, clamp down on. However, it also applies to in-game music, which is a real conundrum for a platform where people stream games, right? You don't know, like maybe you're going to turn off the music entirely, but it also applies to some of the sound effect libraries, it seems. So Twitch has to clean that up. They haven't so far. And it's a real problem for the platform. And uh, hopefully they will. But it's difficult to find a solution unless games start having a streamer mode where essentially they remove in Cyberpunk 2077 copyrighted music from the playlist, which I think is a good step. I, uh, maybe down the line, um, developers can say, all right, instead of having each streamer say i am streaming safe content and the music industry clamping down on it and as it is for youtube it being a a, an impossible mess to sort out um the the developers can say my game is safe for streaming in this mode maybe but in you know i say when the game is safe and if the music industry has issues with this they should come to me because we are paying the licenses for this and that and paying the licenses for streaming as well. I think that would be a a solution to a problem that seemed like it didn't have a solution. And maybe Cyberpunk and CD Projekt Red are are showing a way that this could work. Now, hopefully uh, people streaming in streamer mode will not have uh, the MCA notices leveraged against them because that would be a problem. But I'm guessing, you know, Amazon has to have a way of handling this. Surely they do. We'll see what happens, but it is a big problem. Uh, and the last big topic I wanted to cover is the arrival on of streaming software on iOS. Uh, as you know, I'm sure, um, Apple has said that they do not want streaming apps on the App Store... And Luna, Amazon Luna, which is Amazon's streaming service, has announced that they would be present on the App Store via a web app, so a web page that you can put down on your uh, home screen screen if you want to. And the, it indicated that the others could do the same. This has now been confirmed. GeForce Now is available on iOS. Uh, Fortnite is coming with a GeForce Now reskin, essentially, I have to say, having tested GeForce now on iOS, I am unimpressed by the user experience. Um, I didn't like it on the desktop. I thought it was a little bit clunky uh, because you have to sign in to the different services you use and et cetera, et cetera. I, I, I think it works, but it's so much of a hassle that I don't recommend it. Um, it's the same on iOS. I, maybe it's my experience. I just, I, I just think it's too clunky. But Stadia is coming as well. Uh, Phil Spencer has announced that uh, the Xbox app will be uh, coming as well to, you know, the the streaming will be coming to iOS via that uh, that technique. And that's really exciting. I think this is going to open up that kind of gaming to a lot more people, obviously. And I think if it's a well-designed UI, then it can absolutely work out. Um, so yeah, this is, you know, Stadia is moving things as well. I think they are still not where they should be communications wise, but that's another matter. Um, it's still, I think, pretty exciting for streaming for 2021. Uh, a couple of other little tidbits of news um, Apple is going to be uh, adding support for the Xbox series s controller X controller I mean the new controllers so uh, that will happen soon hopefully PlayStation 5 will follow um, the PlayStation 5 controller is supported oh, sorry it's supported on Steam which is really cool uh, fortnite is getting a monthly subscription service the fortnite crew which gives you the Season pass, of course, and some V bucks and some exclusive uh, some exclusive uh, cosmetic gear. It's a little bit expensive, I feel. It's over 10 bucks, it's like 12 bucks, and the seasons are two months, right? So seasons are 10 bucks, but it's two months ah, it feels like a lot of money. Um, there's a new James Bond game, uh, coming from IO Interactive, which is exciting, I think. Um, well, not exciting for me because I'm not in love with Hitman, but I'm very curious to see what they can make with such a, an appealing license as, as James Bond. And it's a smallish developer. I hope they don't make, um, a Hitman with a James Bond, uh, skin, right? I'm sure you'll have elements of that, but I hope they, they bring in the action as well. Red Dead Online is going to be uh, available as a standalone game. That's uh, maybe unsurprising, but uh, I, didn't, I, I didn't know how well Red Dead Online was doing. Maybe the goal is to have it do better um, as a standalone game. So that's happening, I think, in 2021. Uh, there's a, a pack... Uh, in Europe for PSVR plus five games and I don't know if they're trying to uh, finish up the stocks they have of PSVR or if they're still going to stay behind uh, PSVR because uh, there's at least one game that got a PS5 patch which was a little bit of an uncertain thing. Uh, Turns out they did put together a uh, patch for the PS5 for a PSVR game. I hope they keep doing that but we'll see. And finally, The Last of Us TV show has been greenlit, and they're starting uh, filming. It's an HBO TV show. Uh, I'm so excited about this, obviously, but uh, we'll see what happens. I don't want to get too excited because it might be very difficult to uh, make that game into a TV show, but we'll see. The, The right people seem to be involved, so we'll see what happens. All right, uh, that was a lot of consoles and that was a lot of games. I hope you enjoyed uh, the summary of the month. I hope you are enjoying the old or new consoles or even your PC. And uh, I will talk to you at the end of the year for another episode um we'll see if i manage to do one at the end of the year hopefully i do but uh, i really enjoy doing these little summaries it's a little bit different from what i've been doing before but if you do enjoy it as well please do let me know i'm not patrick on twitter facebook and instagram and uh, i will uh, be back in a month with another pixels talk to you then bye